Howdy guys, I'm Aiden of Blue Couch Productions, and welcome to Aiden on Anchor. Aiden on Anchor is a podcast focusing on my life. I'll tell you a lot about myself and hopefully provide value through experience. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's episode 54, currently recording this on the exact day it's going out, June 1st, 2020. And man, we're already like, what, halfway through the year? Um... I know it feels like it's been longer, especially for some people. It just feels like 2020 is a bad event after bad event after bad event. So for June, honestly, I'm trying to think how they could step it up a little bit. How can 2020 potentially be any worse than the past couple of months? And uh, I think you have to go big or go home. I'm thinking like heat death of the universe. Like that would be kind of epic. Like if the sun just was like, yo... I've been doing this shit for a long time. I got to move on to bigger horizons and then just turn into a black hole and we all died. So, like, that 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 would be pretty scummy. That would be pretty, uh, Lamau, no yeenus for, for the sun to do that. So, I'm thinking that might be a good way. Or, 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 what if I just stop posting Aiden on Anchor? Now that would impact the entire, the entire world, you know? No Aiden on Anchor to listen to. What? What will, what will we do? What will we do with our time in our lives? And I don't know. That's that's something you guys are just going to have to figure out for yourself. You know? You're going to have to come up with your with your own thoughts about it. So, yeah. That, that's another way, too. So, if you have any suggestions for how 2020 can be worse, let me know. I guess. Down in any of the socials. Link in the description below. All that fun stuff. And, uh, yeah. I, I'd be interested to read them. I'd be interested to see what people's worst case scenario would be it could be fun it didn't have to be gloomy it could be fun you know it could be fun but uh anyway we're not talking about that i just fucking went off on a random tangent like i always do uh no today we're gonna be talking about some of the media that i've been watching this isn't like a like a a movie recap for a month but rather just media uh that i that i saw in the month of may in particular talking about the dark knight trilogy Eh, kind of epic. A lot of people like those movies. What are my thoughts on them? I'll let you know in this episode. And then also, my thoughts on the first two arcs of Naruto, baby. I figured I'm not really going to make content about either of these things. So, uh, what better way to get value out of them than by pushing it to my personal podcast that I'm not even sure half the people in my own Discord listen to, you know? That's how you really get your thoughts out there, is putting it on, on a podcast like this. So, without any further ado... Let's go ahead and start with my opinions on the Dark Knight trilogy. Me and Jay and Parker for two of them, not the whole trilogy. Uh, we all kind of got together and watched these films. I had never seen them before. Um, I've heard a lot about them, especially the Dark Knight, but I hadn't really seen any of them before. So this is my first viewing, uh, my first chance to look at all this stuff. And I gotta say, they're all pretty good. Not perfect. None of them are like flat out amazing or even what I would describe as like the best movies of all time I'm not even sure they're the best Batman movies but that really only comes down to like me not seeing all of them so I wouldn't know um but I still did enjoy them uh Batman Begins the first one is really weird but also like super stylized like the entire film has like an orange tint and glow about it and even yellow in some cases Gotham is the wildest uh out of all three of these movies, there's like weird train systems and it's almost like steampunky and CG and just like really bizarre. 
Gotham. And uh, part of me was like, oh, these are these are really bad effects. Why do they keep panning to these? Like, they, they're, they're trying to show it off. They're clearly very proud of this Gotham. But, man, it just does not hold up remotely at all. It just looks ugly. But on the other hand, like, I, I do appreciate that they, they tried to build a, a different sort of Batman universe. And uh, thankfully, we don't stay in Gotham the entire time. We spend a good part with the League of Shadows, with Ra's al Ghul, um, and, and their plot as well. And I gotta say, like, Raz is a is a fun villain. I think he gets, like, a good bit of development and, like, a good send-off as well. Uh, him dying via the ugly CGI train I thought was kind of funny personally. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed him a lot. Uh, but my favorite villain wasn't actually the main villain, but the, but the side villain of this movie, Scarecrow. I don't know why in particular. Like, I've never been, like, a huge fan of the character in the comics or anything like that. And I don't hear a lot of people talk about him. But, like, Scarecrow, specifically in Batman Begins, is awesome. I love his powers. I love the the weird like effects they have when like the fear toxin is thrown onto Bruce and other characters. I like when Scarecrow gets a little bit of that toxin toxin himself and he sees Batman as this goopy, horrifying monstrosity. Like they clearly had a lot of fun with the character. Uh, and I and I like him. I like him as Scarecrow. I like him as kind of the scummy the scummy sort of a defendant or prosecutor. I forgot what he was called specifically, but I like him as that as well. Batman hunting him down. Uh, We spend the whole like first part of the movie, essentially like following Scarecrow. Um, We don't even really see Ra's al Ghul until he comes up later in the second half as the villain. Uh, But that entire time we had with Scarecrow was awesome. Like I love any of the scenes involving him. Even that fight scene they have in like kind of the, the, the rougher parts of Gotham, I guess I forgot what it was called. Uh, but they have a fight scene in the rough, slummy part of Gotham. And that whole thing was epic. Uh, the only problem, I think, with Scarecrow and how he was handled in this movie is the ending they give him. Because it ends up being the girlfriend, <laughs> like, Raquel, who, like, uh, electrocutes him or, like, throws a little bomb at him or whatever. And he's, like, on his death horse running around. And he's awesome again. And you're like, cool, we're going to get a satisfying ending to Scarecrow. And it's like, nope. Raquel deals with them and he just kind of runs away. And it's like, ugh, come on, man. Like, if you're going to set up a villain like this, like, give him a satisfying ending. Um, but then Jay told me, like, as that scene was going on, don't worry, he's going to show up in the later films. And it's like, okay, they want him alive. They don't want to kill him off. Uh, I'll, I'll give it another shot when I see him in Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. But in terms of Batman Begins stuff, uh, I like the movie. Fair enough. It's got its issues. I don't think really like Christopher, uh, not Christopher Nolan, uh, Christian Bale. <laughs> I always confuse the two because their first names sound so similar. I don't think Christian Bale is like necessarily my favorite Batman, uh, but he is a really good Bruce Wayne. I think I like him a lot more like when they're dealing with Bruce and his issues. The fact that we even get to see a teenage Bruce or a young Bruce who's just kind of a millionaire asshole. Like, that's typically a thing reserved for Iron Man. And I always thought it would be really cool if we gave that approach to Batman. And they do in Batman Begins. They, you know, Bruce isn't exactly a great guy all the time. And they really show his flaws and his lack of knowledge. And when he goes to train with Ra's al Ghul, we really get to see him transform into the Bruce Wayne and the Batman that we all know. Um, 
and I like that. I like that so much attention is given to Bruce in this movie because it is a Batman film. I think where some of the later films falter is they don't focus as much on Batman and all the other characters just kind of steal the show away from him. So you end up thinking Batman's sort of forgettable in his own movie, but not in Batman Begins. That's a strength that this movie has. Uh, overall, I'd give it probably like a six or seven. I'm going to go seven. I'm going to go seven out of ten. The Scarecrow stuff at the end was kind of weak. The CG and like look of the film is sort of dated, even though I enjoy it. And uh, the Bruce Wayne stuff is good enough, and the Ra's al Ghul stuff is good enough to make me like the movie. Um, so take of that what you will. Now, we're going to move on to what some people consider to be the best superhero film of all time, The Dark Knight. And honestly, my thoughts about The Dark Knight are simple. It's a pretty good crime drama, like a really good crime drama. It's not really a good superhero movie. And what do I mean by that? Um... The reason a lot of people call Dark Knight their favorite superhero movie is because it doesn't actually follow any of the staples of the genre. And for some people, that's good. Like, superhero movies are repetitive. Superhero movies borrow a lot of elements. Big action scenes, right? Like, weak character development, weak writing, sometimes even poor villains. Like, we've all seen enough good and bad superhero movies that a lot of people are just sick of the genre. So people go to Dark Knight and like the crime drama aspect of it and, and relate to that a bit more. And they're like, wow, this is so well done. And uh, it's because it's not a superhero movie at all. I think the problem I have with it is because of that, the actual superhero stuff in this movie isn't all that great. Batman goes from being a huge focus and begins to now kind of getting sidetracked where the real star of the show in this movie is Joker and Harvey Dent. And even they, in particular, <laughs> are not necessarily interested in doing, like, supervillain stuff, but, like, playing into the politics of the world and, and all that sort of stuff. And, like, it's good. It's really good. All of it's really good. But it doesn't necessarily follow the same rules that a lot of other superhero movies do. And because of that, the superhero stuff is the worst part of The Dark Knight. Even the beginning, before we get to, like, Joker and Harvey Dent, Batman just kind of goes to Hong Kong for a while. Um, and it's a great, like, little set piece and action scene, but that's the closest we get throughout the entire film of Batman even necessarily build it, being a hero uh, for most of it. The rest of it is just sort of, like, him tracking down the Joker, the Joker doing acts of terrorism, and then Harvey trying to respond to that. And there's all these complicated tangents and webs, and it's really interesting to follow, I think. Uh, but it's not really necessarily a superhero film that I think really stands up. Um, and part of that is just because it doesn't focus on Batman, and the other part of it is that it is very much a stereotypical crime drama film. And even on the crime drama side of it, I think one of the biggest weaknesses is that it kind of starts to get old near the last 30 minutes or so. Poor Joker, again, kind of like Scarecrow, doesn't really necessarily get that good of an ending. He blows up stuff. He's always a step ahead. And Batman kind of makes a reaction to that. And that pattern of Joker blowing up stuff and Batman reacting to it, like this cycle keeps repeating throughout the movie that by the end when they were doing it at the hospital, it just got boring to me, frankly. Uh, and the whole like payoff for the Joker of like him getting kidnapped at the docks, again, isn't satisfying. Uh, I think they were intending to use Joker in Dark Knight Rises, but because of Heath Ledger's untimely passing, uh, they couldn't. So now we just have a character that's in the majority of Dark Knight that doesn't even get a satisfying ending in that movie, and he's never brought up again. 
in Rises. So it's unfortunate that now we've had two villains, Scarecrow and Joker, that don't get satisfying endings. And remember how we talked about Scarecrow showing up in Dark Knight? Uh, Yeah, he shows up for like five minutes and immediately gets kidnapped and then doesn't show up in the rest of the movie. Like, man, what a missed opportunity. I felt like this would have been a good point to finally like get into him. Like a lot of Dark Knight and even Dark Knight Rises uh, to a specific extent, like focus a lot on fear and focus a lot on like the city destroying itself. That's what a lot of these villains plans are. It's not necessarily ruling the world, but bringing down Gotham and fear plays a big part into that. Um, I just feel like Scarecrow could have been utilized a lot more like he is in Batman Begins. Or if you're not going to do anything with them, like at least give him an ending, have him be killed, put him in jail, something. And then in Dark Knight Rises, he shows up again as a loony judge, but we still don't even know what happens to him in that as well. And it's like, oh man, he was my, he was probably my favorite villain out of all these movies, uh, just from a power set alone, that it's a shame that they just don't do anything with them. But I'm complaining. I'm nitpicking. Let's talk about the good stuff of Dark Knight and the stuff everybody likes. Uh, for starters, the cinematography is gorgeous. Like, we have some shots in this film that should be in an art house exhibit. It is so good. My favorite scene in the entire film is just this car chase or truck chase, I guess, where it's like Batman chasing down this truck. Uh, with the Joker in it, and at the end of it, the truck kind of, like, gets blown up, and they actually, like, Christopher Nolan films the truck, an actual truck getting blown up and flipped over, and it's in this, like, good wide-angle shot, and it's just like, wow, this shit is gorgeous. There's several shots of just, like, Batman perched up on high areas that have classic iconography, and it looks great. Like, a lot of the action scenes are a step up. That was another thing about Batman Begins is a lot of the action scenes were kind of piss poor. Not here in Dark Knight. A lot of them were stepped up a good bit. Um, A lot of shots look really good. Cinematography is on point. Another thing that I really like about all these movies is the soundtrack too. Like, I know not a lot of people like mention superhero soundtracks, especially in the age of Marvel movies where it just feels like a lot of them are on repeat half the time. But back in the early 2000s and even later 2000s, like we really got some impressive soundtracks, not only for Spider-Man, but Batman as well. And all of them in this movie, like remind me of Batman and give me that feeling of Batman. And when they're not doing that, they have good atmospheric stuff as well that I think is just super well done. Another part of Dark Knight that obviously is incredible is Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker. I know not a lot of people, well, I know most people actually love this performance of the Joker, but there are a few that say he's like overrated or something like that. And I flat out disagree. Like he, anytime he's on camera is a a showstopper. Like, (laughs) like any scene involving him and the way he delivers dialogue, like it's just so captivating. I, I, I watch him and I'm like, wow, this is a really cool character. Uh, sure, he does have his fair share of pretentious lines, and uh, I personally got annoyed by all the, the, the tongue smacking he does and every line of dialogue where he's just like, the Batman. And I'm telling you, once you notice it, it'll piss you off. Like, I didn't bring it up during the movie watching experience because I know Jay and Parker would have got annoyed with it, but every time Joker talks, he's like, and it pisses me off. <laughs> like, I don't, like, stop, stop. Your lips are going to get chapped. There's, there's a reason that the makeup has his lips all disfigured and shit. And it's because he keeps doing that tongue smacking thing. It bothers me in YouTube videos and it bothers me in films as well. 
but Joker's great. Harvey Dent, I would argue, is potentially even better. Like, his story, it, it should have been a Harvey Dent film, I think. Anything involving Harvey Dent and, like, his rise as, as, as this political figure and, like, everything he does to try to get Gotham back on top. Even Bruce, like, kind of gets into it as well. And to see that tragic transformation from a hero to pretty much a villain uh, is so heartbreaking because you really do like Harvey Dent and everything he stands for. And you almost forget that he has to become Two-Face later in the movie. Uh, but when he does, it just hits you, man. You're like, damn, uh, that sucks. And his ending, like he for once, kind of like Ra's al Ghul, actually gets a satisfying ending in The Dark Knight. And because of that, I think he's the villain that stands out more, even more than the Joker, just because they have a beginning, middle, and end that is properly set up throughout the film. And I think it actually pays off. So yeah, there's a lot of technical things about Dark Knight that's really good. A lot of the acting is good. Their performances are good. Soundtrack, cinematography, even Gotham. Uh, the CG looks better. The fights look a lot better. It's a definite improvement over Batman Begins. That kind of had lackluster fights and bad CG and a couple of weird character bits here and, here and there. I think my only issue with The Dark Knight, like I said, is that it's more of a crime drama than a superhero movie, and because of that, Bruce and Batman and the superhero stuff just isn't as good as it is in other movies. But that might be a plus for you. I don't know. I just feel like people kind of miscategorize the film, I guess was my main point. So, Dark Knight, for me, gets a 8 out of 10. Really good movie. Uh, I may have a few nitpicks of it, but it's still a pretty awesome performance. A lot of good scenes. And a movie that I'd recommend you watch. Uh, you don't even necessarily have to watch Batman Begins. Like, Dark Knight is pretty self-contained. So, it works. And then finally, the last film in the trilogy, The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, I don't know. Like, there's parts of Dark Knight Rises that I really enjoy. In particular, it does a pretty good job, like, wrapping up the trilogy. We even uh, touch on themes from the first movie, Batman Begins, and I thought that was such a nice touch. Because Dark Knight, like, very rarely ever calls back to Batman Begins. Um, whereas Rises is thinking more about the trilogy and how they want to end specific characters in their arc. And they do a pretty good job at that. Specifically Batman's ending, Alfred's ending. Like they thought through how they wanted him to get to that point. And I think for the most part, it's pretty well done. Uh, the fights are still outstanding. There's this great fight between Batman and Bane and like a sewer system where it's just punch for punch. And we're really allowed to like feel it and get into it. We're not cutting away a whole lot. And uh, I love that fight scene. There's also a particular plot about, like, Bruce trying to escape a prison um, that's, like, unclimbable. Like, you can't get out of it. And all the characters in there and all the messages that they had in that prison stuff, I really enjoyed. I almost missed not seeing them again later at the end of the film. But, hey, it was all really good stuff. Unfortunately, the problem with Dark Knight Rises, I think, is that the main plot of the movie... Uh, it's not as good, um, and I think that comes down to a couple of things. Number one, Bane isn't the best villain. Uh, Tom Hardy does a well enough job performing Bane, but the voice that he uses is that classic, like, Britain, pip-pip, cheerio kind of voice that's almost like a stereotype at this point, and I, and I do that voice a lot of the time, but I would never use it in a movie, uh, and it just makes Bane a lot funnier 
than he probably was intended to be. Like, Bane is supposed to be the scariest and most threatening villain of the series, but unfortunately, like, they have that voice throughout the entire thing, and he just kind of is laughable at certain points. Um, and then, unfortunately, the ending as well really fucks with Bane. Um, and not only does he not get a satisfying ending, but everything he had stood for in the first half of the movie gets kind of thrown under the rug when you find out about the twist villain, who I'm not going to spoil in case you do want to see these films. But let me just say, I hate the twist villain. I hate what they did with Bane. They ruined any goodwill I had with them, and they don't give him a satisfying ending whatsoever. So I was just kind of done with him. Um, and that sucks because he's kind of the driving force throughout this movie. They have a whole like terrorist plot about putting the Gotham under siege with this like nuke that's going to blow up all of Gotham because he wants to start what Ra's al Ghul did in the first movie. Again, tying it back all together. They even tie back into Dark Knight a little bit with the Harvey Dent stuff and the impact that's had. Uh, Commissioner Gordon, who is in all these films, played by Gary Oldman, who I absolutely love, uh, really does get a lot more focus this time around. Um, and I like a lot of his scenes as well. We also have Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who's kind of a new police detective. He gets a really cool conclusion. Um, and then Anne Hathaway, just as like Catwoman, is just thrown into this movie. I'm not sure why, like what plot purpose she serves. I guess they want a love interest for Batman. And it's like, sure, okay, but like why now? Like why did we have to do it in such this way? Uh, so even though I don't understand her purpose in the movie, she does do a good performance. And Anne Hathaway do be kind of hot. So I have to acknowledge that as a viewer of the film, when Anne Hathaway was on screen, I kind of got a little horny. All right, that's 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 all. That's all I'm saying. I won't dwell on that, but let's just say my batarang was at a full sharpness. So loved Anne Hathaway, uh, and and then too, like the the film. <laughs> the other problem I have with Dark Knight Rises is that it's very clearly trying to top the Dark Knight. And if The Dark Knight was a crime drama that was mostly grounded in real life with a couple of superhero characters, Dark Knight Rises is a hokey ass, like, we're gonna take a lot of that dark and depressing stuff in the first film and blow it up to 11, where it treats itself so seriously, even though it's a plot about having a nuke in Gotham essentially that's the plot of this movie but they try to treat it with even more gravitas and seriousness from dark knight and it just doesn't work it's a mismatch the film is a lot funnier uh, than what it's trying to portray and when it is super dark in the few moments that it does work i don't know man it doesn't feel like i'm watching a superhero film a lot of the time all three of these movies or at least dark knight and dark knight rises while they are good like serious down-to-earth movies i came to watch this to get Batman. I came to watch this for these superhero fights. I didn't come to see a depressing crime drama where all three of these movies villains are basically terrorists and we're commenting on terrorist activity in America and it's just like normally I'm okay with deeper themes in superhero movies but when you're so far replaced from the original idea of what Batman is like that's when I start to get pissed off when the focus that should be on Batman is traded out for a lot of these crazy terrorist plots and shit that feels like I'm watching a completely different film and genre, uh, that's when I start to get annoyed. And you know what? If you like these kind of films, you'll probably like Dark Knight Rises and Dark Knight. 
I still even enjoy them on a technical level, I think. There's a lot that's, like, really well done here. Again, the soundtrack, the cinematography, the improvement throughout all three films. But Batman Begins is really the only one of the three that I think is an honest-to-goodness superhero movie, and it's the one that focuses on Bruce Wayne the most. We get a little bit of that in Rises, but only really toward the end. And the original, like, just regular Dark Knight doesn't get shit in any of it. And that kind of sort of pissed me off. Uh, and it's very clear, too, with the direction that the DCEU went. A lot of what I hate in the DCEU starts in these Batman films. And even though they're pretty well done for the most part, uh, when you get less talented directors, a.k.a. Zack Snyder, trying to do the same stuff that Christopher Nolan did in these three films, man, does it really not work. You have to have somebody who knows what they're doing and who are talented. And so I also think like these films kind of created a legacy for DC, where DC has to do these dark superhero films that are grounded in reality a lot of the time. And that approach and that strategy works fine for a trilogy about Batman, but it doesn't necessarily work for Superman. Um, and even with Batman v Superman, like it really wasn't until Wonder Woman when the DCAU was finally having its own original ideas and not just trying to copy what Christopher Nolan did with these films. I think Dark Knight Rises is the, is the weakest of the bunch. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. So yeah, those are my thoughts on these movies. I know I kind of sounded a little harsh and nitpicky throughout a lot of it, but uh, trust me when I say I do still enjoy all of these films. But it's probably not something I'm going to rewatch. I think they maybe even are a little overrated with how much attention these films get. But they're not bad at all. And I do see a lot of what people love and like about these movies. Uh, it's just not necessarily like my preferred superhero movie approach, I guess. So take with that what you will. Uh, <laughs> we're already at 25 minutes, which is insane. So I'm going to just briefly talk about my, my thoughts on Naruto which I'm sure not too many people care about, but if you do, uh, here are my thoughts. We just got through the tuning exam arc uh, and the Zabuza arc, which is obviously first. Um, and honestly, like I'm starting, I'm starting to finally get what people like about Naruto. Like the first act, the first arc, if you will, village in, in the waves or whatever. I thought a lot of that was pretty god awful, like on a technical level. Like, the first couple episodes are unbearable to watch, guys. I don't know <laughs> I don't know if anybody in my Discord has seen Naruto, but if you have, go back and watch those first three or four episodes, and you'll see, like, how much awful, like, production value there is. Like, not only in pacing, not only in voice acting, not only in plot, but even something as simple as establishing shots in the first, like, season or so of Naruto, they'll, like... They'll, they'll pan at the ninja school, right? But then they'll stay on there for like 10 seconds or, or so. And it's this like awkward period of silence. There are multiple points when characters are talking to each other and they'll just like pause for some weird reason. Like dialogue that Naruto gets in particular is flat out annoying and unbearable. And it feels like a lot of those early episodes are more structured as a show for kids. And I get that's sort of what Shonen is according to what Zach told me. And I also know that a lot of anime at the time was doing very similar stuff, but Naruto kind of popped off. And so later on, it got that production value that it deserved and needed. Uh, but I don't know, man. Like, I watched Full Metal Alchemist, the original series, and it was roughly around the same time or so. And so I know anime from this period can be done well and be better technically produced. 
but man, does it feel like the first couple episodes of Naruto are almost more of a comedy than anything serious. Like, they fire a ton of jokes at you, but you're going to end up laughing at the unintentional stuff and the badly produced stuff. I didn't care about Zabuza. I didn't care about Haku. Let me tell you, let me tell you the only things I liked in the, in the first Naruto arc, uh, and that's Kakashi and the teamwork. I liked any scene where Naruto, Sasuke, and Sakura were working together and, like, learning from each other. I thought that shit was awesome. But then as soon as they're done with the training and go to the Land of the Wave stuff, like, I didn't care about the village's plight. I don't care, like, they need to break free from the government or whatever. Like, the villain is hokey as shit. They have, like, a big capitalism bad. And it's like, yes, capitalism bad, but tell me a little bit more about that. Uh, just kind of really stereotypical characters that don't do a lot for me personally. Thankfully, though, the tuning exam arc is far better. Uh, this is an arc that focuses a lot on the other characters that are not named Naruto, and because of that, I think it's a better arc. We get a lot more on Sasuke. We get a lot more on Sakura. We get to know all the new students, like Rock Lee and Gara and the Sand Village and everything, and it feels like, you know, we're taking the world of Naruto that was kind of, you know, had potential, and we're really fleshing it out. We're making it seem real. We're having less obnoxious flashbacks, and we're focusing more on the characters themselves and their development um it does mean that the tuning exams pretty much has nothing to do with regular naruto himself he gets a few episodes here and there where he shines but they're not the best ones um what i really liked was seeing sasuke and sakura and Rock Lee and all these other characters and their experiences and them learning from each other and throw on top of that a pretty good tournament which I'm always a huge sucker for tournaments, and the tuning exam arc takes all those production value issues and character issues and flashback issues and polishes them up to a point where now it's a lot more bearable, and I'm starting to see potential in the show. I've heard, I've heard from other people that this is sort of the best arc in the original series and that it kind of all goes downhill from here, so I'll have to see what I feel about the rest of Naruto, I guess, uh, but me and Zach still have to watch more of it. But I just wanted to give you my impressions. Land of the Waves arc sucks ass, and tuning exam is far better and significantly improved. Um, I still want to see a little bit of better animation, personally. I want to see a little bit better fights as well. Uh, the first the first couple of episodes and arcs had a real bad habit about like not showing any fights and just using flashbacks to explain shit, and they were kind of getting better about it in tuning. I just want to see more of that. I want to see it progress a little bit more so we can get to a point where it's like really, really good. So here's hoping. Uh, I also want more Kakashi because unfortunately Kakashi had to take a backseat in tuning exams. I really like that character for some reason. And so I want to see more of him. Uh, and I hope we still keep getting all these different characters and, and watching their stories develop because I'm almost more attached to them than I am Naruto and, and the main gang. But maybe that was the intent. So. Uh, take take of it what you will, but those are my thoughts on the Dark Knight trilogy and Naruto, as well as early 2020, I guess. I don't know. Uh, hope you enjoyed this. This was a bit of a longer episode. I didn't realize I had so much to say about all these different properties. Let me know what you thought about it down below, uh, any of the social medias and stuff. And uh, yeah, if you want to support the podcast, you can. There's a little support button on Anchor that you can financially give me money and potentially the show will get better so that'll be epic
Thank you to my good friends Jay the Zoomster and Carrie Knight who have continued to support me either on Patreon or supporting the podcast. Appreciate you boys as always. And uh, yeah, I'll see you guys next week for another episode of Aiden on Anchor. I'm Aiden of Blue Catch Productions and I'm signing off. Bye-bye, everybody.